everybody welcome back to exploring the lord of the rings this is session number 267 and tonight we continue in the council near the knees of karathras uh, where finally we receive the counter suggestion that we've all been waiting for um, for the one who has not yet interrupted the proceedings with his suggestions it is time to look at Boromir's contribution uh, to this discussion here this evening first just a quick uh, reminder, we are coming fast upon Mythmoot. Mythmoot uh, will be uh, just a little bit more than a week from tonight. Next week is Mythmoot. Uh, really excited to go down to Mythmoot again. Mythmoot, of course, you know, I talk about our regional moots, uh, you know, the different places where we uh, are able to go and get together you know, in different uh, parts of America, different countries around the world. Always so exciting to travel and get to connect with, you know, groups of people located in different places. Uh, Mythmoot is our big, our, our biggest conference of the year. Um, it's our big national conference, certainly like the, the big one, especially for North Americans that we try to make it as uh, easy as possible to get there from, from other, uh, other places, we have some people who can come across from Europe. Um, you know, over from the West Coast. Uh, we are down in the D.C. area in Leesburg, Virginia, specifically right near Dulles Airport. Uh, we're back at our uh, our traditional venue where we've uh, been most of the time since Mythmoot 4. This is Mythmoot 10 this year. Um, so um, anyway, uh, really, uh, really delighted uh, to have you guys uh, here uh, with me tonight. Um, uh, yeah, so Mythmoot is going to be uh, is going to be so much fun. Um, always a great time to be able to see people. Uh, great, to, it's the 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 place where I connect get to connect with more of you in one place at one time than really anywhere else in the year, and that's uh, always just so delightful. Um, don't break my finger this time. Yeah, see the last I didn't break my finger at Mythmoot that time. I I went with a broken finger and didn't get it diagnosed until afterwards. It was only at the end of Mythmoot where I was like, gosh, my finger still hurts, you know, five days later. Maybe I should get an x-ray. Yeah, but it'll be fine. It'll be all good. Um, so um, anyhow, we will um, we will see. But um, uh, delighted, uh, uh, again, just, just looking forward to things. Um, but um, all right, so... Uh, uh, I wanted to point out, of course, uh, there is still time to be able to uh, sign up to attend in person if you are able to join us in person. But of course, we also, um, as we do with all of our moots, and as we really sort of began doing with MythMoot, um, it was sort of the origin of our hybrid uh, moot presentations, um, which we try to make as accessible as we possibly can to everybody who can't physically come uh, to MythMoot. So you can sign up uh, for the um, the remote attendance at Mythmoot, and you can uh, not only will that enable you to join us from wherever you are, um, but also will give you <clears throat> access to the recordings of Mythmoot as well. 
Um, so, um, so that's where we're going. No, I don't think we're going to try to bury a pony in the snow, <clears throat> Bob. I, I think that's probably not uh, going to be. A re- we haven't we haven't done a reenactment in a little while. Um, we um, uh, we still that we did. Uh, of course, the marvelous memories of our reenactment of the flight to the Ford. Um, uh, but um, yeah, uh, there are several uh, <clears throat> practical as well as ethical. Uh, obstacles to burying a pony in the snow. Um, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Find out how many crows it takes to blot out the sun. So many, so many, uh, so many possibilities. Um, yeah, starting with DC doesn't have much snow in June. Uh, Emily, that, that was the, the, really the first of the practical, uh, uh, uh challenges there that I was anticipating. Um, but, um, <laughs> we, we will see. Anyway, all right. Uh, let us get back into the text. So, uh, uh, Aragorn has just said his sort of um, uh, dark thing, remember? It is a name of ill omen, said Boromir, nor do I see the need to go there. If we cannot cross the mountains, let us journey southwards until we come to the Gap of Rohan, where men are friendly to my people, taking the road that I followed on my way hither. Or we might pass by and cross the Eisen into Langstrand and Lebenin, and so come to Gondor from the regions nigh to the sea. Things have changed since you came north, Boromir, answered Gandalf. Did you not hear what I told you of Saruman? With him I may have business of my own ere all is over, but the ring must not come near Isengard, if that can by any means be prevented. The Gap of Rohan is closed to us while we go with the bearer. As for the longer road, we cannot afford the time. We might spend a year in such a journey, and we should pass through many lands that are empty and harborless. Yet they would not be safe. The watchful eyes both of Saruman and of the enemy are on them. When you came north, Boromir, you were in the enemy's eyes only one stray wanderer from the south, and a matter of small concern to him. His mind was busy with the pursuit of the ring. But you return now as a member of the ring's company, and you are in peril as long as you remain with us. The danger will increase with every league that we go south under the naked sky. All right, um, so Boromir's options. Now, first of all, on the one hand, Boromir's options are uh, his 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 initial su- suggestion is pretty tame, right? On the one hand, um, pretty tame in the sense that all he's really doing here. And remember, one of the things we've been kind of tracking is the way in which Boromir interacts with the leadership of the company, right? In particular, how uh, sort of patient he was, both leading up to the mountains and while in the mountains and the snow, you know, (laughs) rising about them. Um, How long he was like biting his tongue before he finally was like, how about we light a fire before we all die? That's not like a decent idea to anybody, you know, and then, of course, leading the the way out, um, burrowing through the snow, swimming through the snow. Um, So um, uh, anyway, yeah, here again, we see him waiting for Gandalf to reveal his thing, even waiting for Aragorn to say his piece. Right. Um, And when he, Boromir, speaks up, he speaks up following Aragorn and 
I don't want to exactly say seconding Aragorn. So hang on, I moved the slide from last time. Uh, let's see, where did it go? There, sorry, the dark and secret way. Here it is. Um, Aragorn's last words were, The road may lead to Moria, but how can we hope that it will lead through Moria, said Aragorn darkly. Right, so um, Aragorn has not exactly made a suggestion. Um, we had the the initial comment from Gandalf that Aragorn was against it until the pass over the mountains had at least been tried. And then we have Aragorn kind of registering his concern, right? Um, Aragorn still speaking, sounding like he is, at least, like he is speaking against uh, the Moria road, right? Um, he's not exactly, and, and Aragorn's contribution, his dark contribution here, is interesting because it's not exact. This is not a constructive comment that Aragorn is making, right? He is not offering options. He is not offering support to Gandalf, but he's also not contradicting Gandalf, right? Um, he's, um, you know, he's not, you know, it, it's not as unconstructive as possible to be, right? He's not being like, I wouldn't go under any circumstances. Um, he's just, um, I don't know what, reducing hope, right? Um, how can we hope, you know, the road may lead to Moria, but how can we hope that it will lead through Moria? I would just like to point out that there is very little hope that we will succeed in uh, going through this, uh, um, uh, through this, uh, through this route. Now, you could say on the one hand, it's not that much different from what Gandalf was doing before about the mountain pass route, right? Um, uh, you know, I think it, you know, uh, the, the weather may prove, uh, um, you know, a, a worse enemy than any, um, you know, Gandalf was doing plenty of, uh, suggesting that things were going to turn out poorly. Um, but, um, <laughs> to juice man, I agree. He has kept no hope for himself. Right. Uh, and, and, and doesn't choose to share any hope with anybody else. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, so Emily, I'd, the presentiment that he's going to get, right? The sort of the foretelling that comes upon him seems to have not come upon him yet. I, I, I've been kind of waiting to talk about this because we, we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but I have not yet seen any clear evidence that the reason for his argument, it is possible to imagine, right? That the reason that Aragorn has been so jumpy about the Moria suggestion all along is that he, um, you know, has it has his presentiment that it was going to befall them generally, Gandalf specifically, right? I don't see any evidence um, that that is uh, that that's in in play here yet. He's not said anything like that yet. All he has said is all he said before is don't say anything to the others until it's clear there is no other way, right? He's just like, I just, I insist we make this the lowest possible priority, right? Um, the lo the last possible option. Um, and now we see him saying, even when it appears to be the only option remaining, I still would like to make it known that I think it's probably going to fail, right? Um, so again, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really seem... Um, doesn't seem constructive. I do think he's obviously worried about it, but again, I don't yet see any evidence that he has this sort of specific kind of, um, you know, is he still just sitting on it? 
right? I mean, d- does he have the presentiment um, that that evil will befall Gandalf should they go there and he just doesn't want to say it yet? It's conceivable, but I, I don't think so. Um I don't think that if such a foreboding, you know, such a concrete and specific foreboding as that had come upon him yet, um, I, I don't think he would be have kept it to himself. I don't think that he's like, well, I have not yet found a, sufficient, a sufficiently dramatic moment to, like, reveal this publicly, so I'm not saying it yet. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't, um, I don't think th- that does not seem very Aragorn to me. Um, now, I can imagine a kind of um, a kind of middle course here, right? That um, he is um, that he's he has he has been having a presentiment about Moria that he just like, he has a bad feeling about this, right? But it's not yet like taken it's not yet crystallized into a particular form. He just has a vague, bad feeling. That would, I think, be consistent with what we've seen him do so far. Um, uh, so, perhaps. Perhaps that's the case. Though, again, he's not... Um, even what he says here doesn't really seem to imply that so concretely, right? Just the rhetorical, like the pessimistically rhetorical question, how can we hope that it will lead through Moria? Um, is not the same thing as even a vague thing like, I've got a bad feeling about this, right? Um, but, um, so yes, Bjorning uh, and Bjornasoner, that's exactly the kind of thing um, that... Um, uh, that's exactly the kind of thing, uh, namely that something terrifies Aragorn about Moria, but he may not be sure exactly what it is. That that's that's exactly what I'm kind of proposing here, um, and um, uh, but all I'm saying is his words don't even seem clearly. I don't think they're they're not inconsistent with that. So far, I think his words have been inconsistent with a specific presentiment about Gandalf. Again, I think if he had that, he would have told Gandalf in private already. Like, he'd, they'd have already gone there, right? Um, I feel pretty sure that it's only when he says it that he clearly has that specific presentiment. Um, uh, but again, this, this is just like a gloomy prognostication, Right. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, S, uh, Um, so Stevigans asks an interesting question. Is what happens to Gandalf ultimately a bad thing? Um, Yes. I mean, yeah, it is. Gandalf's death is a bad thing. His return is a good thing. Um, But that's not what we're talking about, right? Um, We're talking about his death. And um, none of them 
can see that far ahead. I think it's important to... The return of Gandalf is a eucatastrophe. It is received as a eucatastrophe, especially by Aragorn. Um, It's... It is a bad thing, which is turned to a good thing. It's not a good thing all along. Um, I think that that's... Um, I think that that's important. The end doesn't justify the means. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. The uh, you shall prove but mine instrument concept. Uh, uh, Anatar's gift seat. Exactly. 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 Yes. The Spabimi uh, uh, concept, to use the Prancing Pony acronym for shall prove but mine instrument. Um Yes. Did Tolkien know at the time he wrote Gandalf's death that he would be resurrecting him? I... I'm trying to remember. Well, his physical form dies, not his essence, yes. But again, arguably, that's true of everyone, right? Um, that doesn't mean that nobody's death is 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 sad. I mean, again, this is, uh, this is you know, an important thing. Um... But, um, yes, Contra Thompson, I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall the evidence. It's been too long. I got, I need to go back and, uh, it's time. It's yeah. I, I got to go back and re- revisit the, I keep forgetting these details from Treason of Isengard, which I believe is where we, uh, get the, the drafts of the, the Balrog scene. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's start exploring the history of Middle-earth. Well, I mean, I've been doing that in a comparatively rapid fashion, of course, uh, for years. Um, of course, this month, in fact, in July, coming up very soon, uh, James Tauber and our space program is going to be doing the Treason of Isengard. Um, so, uh you should take James's space module next month and then come back and remind us. Um, but, um, yeah. Anyway, this is that, that evils meaning that word in the, you know, that, that, that other sense, right? Not just wickedness, but, uh, tragedies, misfortunes that they can be used for good is clear. That they remain evils is also clear. And both of those things, we're not going to be doing justice to Tolkien's theology if we don't keep both of those things firmly in mind, right? Um, we can't let ourselves go. If we, um, if we let ourselves go to one side where we see the dark, bad things happening and we say, wow, this is horrible and depressing. Sorry, uh, it's just me speaking out of my... <laughs> my recent experience in the uh, our journey through the history of Middle-earth together uh, in the Mythgard Academy. We're about three quarters of the way through the War of the Jewels, volume 11 of the history of Middle-earth right now. And we just finished last week talking about the wanderings of Hurin concerning horrible, <laughs> dark things happening, by the way. Um, uh, but in any case, I... One, if one goes too far on the one side and says, wow, like, 
you know, horrible, you know, it's just horrible things happen and, and like, you know, that's it's just like horrible and depressing and nothing good comes of it. We're not seeing the whole picture. If we go on the other side and say, like, well, actually, all the things which are apparently horrible are actually all all good. Like it's all everything's good. Right. Um, th there's an element of truth in that, too, but it's also not seeing the whole picture. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Lupita points is making a really good point. Um, and, um, yeah, exactly. Gandalf, the whole concept of what wizards were is very much evolving over the course of the writing of The Lord of the Rings. Um, Tolkien very much does not begin The Lord of the Rings with the concept that Gandalf is the Maya Aloran uh, in human form. Like, that's not where The Lord of the Rings begins. Um, and it's one of the really, I mean, it is one of my favorite sort of strands of idea to watch. Um, how the concept of the wizards, which is connected, of course, to the concept of the ringwraiths, especially in the sense that the witch king, of course, was so like the way that the the wizards, the witch king, and Saruman uh, get all kind of like woven together and disentangled at various points in Tolkien's mind as he develops the story. Um, the full understanding of who Gandalf is and what Gandalf is and what wizards are um, is very much in development over the course of the story. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah, it's um, that's 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 important. Um, right. So I agree, be honest, honor. We shouldn't get too tied up in talking about Gandalf's death. I just wanted to. It, would, it was very appropriately raised in the question of. Uh, thinking of evil coming to, to... We're thinking about the prophecies of his death, and that is related. You know, that's we, we are definitely in the area of that. Um, and uh, so it seemed fit to glance ahead at that. Um, anyway, yeah, April, that's a great way of thinking about it. Studying Tolkien is like botany. Things aren't built to a plan. They grow very much in his mind. His... Uh, his uh, and it's for me the most delightful thing in studying really all of the history of Middle-earth to watch this process of discovery happen uh, with him. So, um, so yeah, exactly. Bjarne Sonar, it is connected to the question of Aragorn's discomfort, right? Um, uh, it's certainly, whatever Aragorn is thinking, it is certainly not well, I'm pretty sure that Gandalf's going to die and that'll be awesome. So yeah, like all board for Moria, right? Like clearly that is not, uh, what he's thinking there. Um, okay. Um, so back to, uh, back to Boromir. Where were we? Uh, there we are. Okay. Um, Boromir's suggestions are to like basically, Clearly, Boromir, Boromir's suggestions boil down to, well, we're overlooking some fairly obvious things here, right? 
you we've tried to cross them over the mountains. That did not pan out. You're now suggesting we go through the mines of Moria, which Boromir says is a name of ill omen. Um, let's come back to that in a second. Um, what that means exactly, because it is an interesting, um, it is an interesting way to say that, right? Um, but before we before we even get there, the thrust of his comment is to point out there are at least two other options that no one's even talking. Like we're we're talking, you know, Gandalf had said our only other choice is to go back to Rivendell, right? So essentially, this is Boromir raising his hand and saying, actually. There are two other obvious options, which nobody is talking about. Why? Why is nobody talking about this? Nor do I see the need to go there, right? Like this is not. This is far from the only option. So let's 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 be logical, folks. If we cannot cross the mountains, let us journey southwards until we come to the Gap of Rohan. Heck, we're not even far from there, right? Just keep going down a little bit. I mean, it's not right around the corner, but, you know, we get there without too much more trouble. Um, I mean, going ahead to the map for a bit here, right? We're all the way down here by Moria Gate. We still would have a ways down to go, but it's not much further than they've already been. Like, they've been from Rivendell. You know, Moria and the pass is something like halfway of the way to uh, the Gap of Rohan from Rivendell. Right. So, yeah, like they'd have to go all the way down, uh, you know, through the rest of Holland and all the way through Dunland. Um, but, you know, definitely. But I mean, like, hey, they've got to go south anyway. Right. So it's like, which side of the mountains do you want to go south on? No big deal. Um, he doesn't say it, but like, hey, on this side of the mountains, we avoid that whole uh, haunted forest thing. You know, there are two haunted forests on that side of the mountains, right? This is much better. Um, and so that's option A, right? Obvious option A. Um, and notice the arguments that he makes. So let's journey southwards until we come to the Gap of Rohan, where men are friendly to my people, taking the road I followed on my way hither. So he has two arguments in favor of that, right? First of all, this is friendly territory, right? Why are we even talking about Moria, right? Why, why, why do we even try Karathras? Not that I'm second guessing or anything, but, um, you know, Rohan is, there are allies. And then what's more, I came that way myself, right? Like I was just there. So it's fine. It's fine. Just a few months ago. I came through it. We can surely go there. Or... Option two, we might pass by and cross the Eisen into Langstrand and Lebenin, and so come to Gondor from the regions nigh to the sea. Okay, let's see if we can follow this here on the map. Okay, so they'd have to go south all the way through Dunland. They would cross the Eisen. Okay, so they would they would cross the Eisen, which you know comes through. You know, it's the it goes right through the Gap of Rohan, right? But then, as you can see, the Eisen, the Angren continues on, you know, takes a takes a pretty sharp westerly turn just past the gap of Rohan and continues out to the sea, right? So let's 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 cross there. We'll go down, we'll go all the way around the mountains. Maybe I don't know, we'll come through here, right? Uh, down through the Anfalus, through 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 Langstrand, 
right? And then across the width of Gondor. Admittedly, a slightly roundabout route, right? Uh, from here, all the way out and around, and then through. But again, notice... Um, right, uh, Contradom says, Boromir has people on that route who owe him favors, right? Yeah, yeah, he does, right? Um, there are a lot of rivers to cross there in Gondor, but this is Gondor. There's going to be, like, bridges and stuff. You can see some of them are on the map. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, there's, 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 there's roads. There's, there's Gondor. Um, he doesn't even have to say where men are friendly to my people, right? Um, he, like, it goes without saying. People are friendly to his people. Like, that's where his, like, vassals are and such. All right, we'll go, we'll get, you know, not far from Dal Amroth. No problem at all. Now, so why does this seem like such an obvious route to Boromir, right? This is perfectly reasonable. But why does it seem especially reasonable to Boromir? Why does this not... So Gandalf is going to say, spoiler, right? <laughs> well, no, and we already read it. Gandalf is going to say, that's going to take way too long, Right? There's sort of two issues there. One is the issue where um, Boromir doesn't. Know, there's there's a there's a time frame, right? Are we? Um, he took a really really long time getting to Rivendell in the first place, right? Um, what was it? 110 days that he took to get up to Rivendell. Um, it is really hard to imagine. Um, 110 days. And, of course, he... Yeah, to be fair, he didn't know exactly, Bjornasson, or where Rivendell was. Um, so who knows? How, and he also went from Tharbad by, uh, on foot. But, of course, they've been on foot. They've taken two weeks to go from Rivendell down to about the latitude of Tharbad uh, on foot also. Right? So merely traveling on foot is really not quite enough. So... Boromir roamed. He wasn't in a hurry, <laughs> right, on the way up. Um, but um, uh, did Boromir visit Theoden on the way? Yes, he did, Lupita. He, he absolutely did. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bjorning, I totally agree with you. Um, the premise that Boromir seems to be beginning with is let's, um, let's assume that Moria, worst-case scenario, right? At the very least, as Aragorn has just said, rather gloomily, or at least quite darkly, it's unknown. Significantly unknown. Right? Um, uh, accepting as, as a given that the road may lead to Moria, but we don't know that the road... How can we hope that the road will lead through Moria? Uh, Boromir's like, well, I do in fact know that the road leads through Rohan, that road works. Went there, right? Can recommend. Um, and also, there's another road that goes through Gondor. So both of those, perfectly fine. Why not try those, right? Um, but do you see the other two things? And of course, in his worldview, going through Rohan, going through Gondor, 
the two obvious best routes. Okay, and it's not just that these are okay. These are the two obvious routes. When he went up looking for Rivendell, right? When he was going up into Eriador, not knowing where he was going, looking around for, for Rivendell, he did not go up the Anduin and cross over the mountains, right? That was not his plan. If you're in Gondor and you're going up into the north, what do you do? You follow the road. There's a perfectly good road, right? That goes from Minas Tirith, right? That goes from Gondor all the way up to Bree, in fact, right? All the way up to Fornost, indeed. Um, that's, that's the obvious way to go. So again, it's he's not just saying, oh, you know, I know of two esoteric routes that maybe nobody else here has ever heard of, right? Boromir is, again, with... I think, a certain degree of politeness, pointing out what, what, why are we overlooking the, the two ways, like the two obvious routes. Now, if you're starting in Minas Tirith, there's no question which is the better way to go. I mean, there's a reason why they built the Greenway north of the White Mountains instead of south of the White Mountains, right? To go south of the White Mountains and around the way that he's suggesting is no question, a, a roundabout route. Um... And so, therefore, inferior to the Gap of Rohan route, right, which is Boromir's obvious plan A. Um, but again, he has not had... Um, now, again, again, Gandalf is going to um, uh, explain why the Gap of Rohan is closed to them, why the Gap of Rohan has not been uh, included as an option, right? Um Things have changed since you came north, Boromir. But in Boromir's defense, Gandalf didn't even talk about this. Gandalf was just speaking like there wasn't any other option. And Boromir, again, um, all he says is, nor do I see the need to go there. There are two other obvious possibilities, right? Um, why are we not considering those things? So, let's... Um, think about Gandalf's questions to Boromir. Things have changed since you came north, Boromir. Did you not hear what I told you of Saruman? With him I may have business of my own ere all is over, but the ring must not come near Isengard. If that can by any means be prevented, the gap of Rohan is closed to us while we go with the bearer. Gandalf says... Gandalf's response is, dude, the Gap of Rohan, that is a no-brainer, no-fly zone. Except for genocides of crows, presumably. Um, so why? Why, um, why does Boromir not seem to take that into account? What, what do we... Um, um, Do you see what I mean? Do you, do you see what I'm asking here? Gandalf responds to him as if, like, well, duh, Boromir. Like, I didn't say that that was that that was an option because it's obviously not an option, right? Is there a reason why Boromir thinks it is? If he's making a mistake, which I think he is making a mistake, then what mistake is he making? What is what can we tell about Boromir's thinking 
concerning the gap of Rohan. Um, if we look at his words there again, let us journey southwards until we come to the gap of Rohan, where men are friendly to my people, taking the road I followed on my way hither. Um, I think that there are basically sort of two things going on. Yes, he's considering the Rohirrim, but he's not considering Saruman. JJ, I, that seems to me exactly it. Praise, that's exactly, I, I think that's exactly right. He doesn't seem to consider Saruman a threat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has not seemed to really sink through into Boromir's worldview, right? That Saruman, it's, I, do, I don't think that we have any reason to believe that Boromir actively doubts Gandalf's story. Gandalf has said, I mean, Gandalf seems to raise the question, right? He kind of puts it on the table. Did you not hear what I told you of Saruman? Um, you remember what I, I went over this, right? Saruman is a traitor. Uh, you, Boromir, presumably know enough about the geopolitical situation at the Gap of Rohan to know that Isengard pretty much controls the Gap of Rohan, right? Ergo, to go to the Gap of Rohan is to go towards the power of Saruman. But I think, again, clearly, um, he, Boromir, I don't think it, the issue is that he is doubting Gandalf's story. I, it's possible, but I doubt that. It seems instead to me that he does not consider Saruman a serious threat to the Rohirrim, right? Um, that's what he emphasizes. Why is the Gap of Rohan okay? Because the Gap of Rohan is under the control of the Rohirrim, and they're friendly to his people. We don't have to worry about the Rohirrim. But what he's underestimating is the, I think, the degree of threat, um, the degree of threat which the wizard, right, which Saruman poses to the Rohirrim themselves. Um, yeah, Matt, that's exactly it. Saruman isn't known to have a large army. Again, Gandalf's story included him seeing uh, that, but, again, but Barmir hasn't seen that himself. Um, and again, I think that it is likely that he is doing both things at once. That is both underestimating the pure military power of the, um, uh, of, of Saruman and overestimating the military power of his friends and allies, which is, you know, kind of like an amiable mistake to make in some ways. Um, Exactly, Bjorning. Yeah, to Boromir, Saruman is just another strange Araminic wizard, uh, not a military power. Yeah, he's a wizard. He Boromir's met him. Uh, remember, Faramir uh, knows has, has seen him, right? Boromir will have too. Um, Boromir's met the guy. You know, whatever. He's cool, in a wizardly sort of way, right? Um, yeah, there's a tower there, 
And there's a wizard, a wizard, who lives in the tower. Threat? No. We've got the whole nation of Rohan on our side, right? Whatever. Um, yeah, Kendall, you're right that it's ironic that Boromir is going to get done in by Saramir's, Saramir, by, uh, by Saruman's forces. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Boromir shall learn to better estimate the power of, uh, of Saruman, right? Um, and yes, uh, Graham, I do think that that's another thing. Um, going down to the Gap of Rohan, even just to the Gap of Rohan, going either of these routes, but certainly, but even going to the Gap, to the gap of Rohan means going lengthwise through Dunland, right? And once again, here too, I suspect uh, that Boromir is underestimating. Saruman's power and influence. Now, remember, Boromir has some reason to do that. He came that way. He's been through the length of Dunland um, just a few months ago. So he has reason to think that's not a, you know, uh, that's not an obstacle you can't overcome. But again, I think that what he doesn't understand, he's not been down with the secrecy thing really from the start, right? I don't think that I think that if anything, the primary thing that and I don't think it's merely a question of Boromir um, being sort of insufficiently sort of insufficiently prioritizing secrecy or like believing that they shouldn't be secret. They should blow their horns the whole time and charge. Right. Um, we were looking at the tensions there. Right. Uh, Boromir's not really being cool with skulking in the dark, uh, from, you know, on, I was going to say from day one, it was on day one, right? Well, it's Christmas anyway. Um, so yes, there's, um, that's, that's an issue, but I don't even think that this is so much a philosophical thing as uh, he has not processed, I think, even the ability of Saruman either to like as a military force to oppose them or even as a you know I don't know what spy master right to detect them uh, and then try to entrap them um, Dizzy that's a really interesting point um, possibly comparing Saruman and Gandalf and therefore does not see the threat well Dizzy again we know that from Boromir's background again he's met them both in the same context like both of them Gandalf and Saruman have both been to Minas Tirith um, they're both known, uh, you know, in, uh, they're both known to the stewards and the stewards heirs, uh, Faramir and presumably Boromir have met them both before and again, under similar circumstances. Um, so even if we think that, um, Boromir is being, uh, what sort of like, uh, generous or something, right? Um, that is maybe he's overestimating the power of Gandalf. He's like, hey, well, yep, so there's a wizard who's against us, but we have a wizard too. You know, worst case scenario, they sort of neutralize each other, and then we still have all of our, Ro, you know, Rohirrim allies. So where where enters the problem, right? Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Now, I agree, Green Great Dragon, with uh, the testimony that Boromir was less apt to Gandalf's hand suggests that it's kind of unlikely that Boromir's like, that he's saying these things because he's like, but Gandalf, you're my hero. And if you can't handle Saruman, who can? Like, so 
he's obviously a non-factor in this whole calculation. Like, I don't think that's what Boromir is saying there. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And no, Bjarnason or I don't think that he would, Boromir would assume that Rohan's army is as good as Gondor's or even just as mobilized. No, probably not. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, again, I don't think, um, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, someone was asking before, sorry, I missed it. Um, uh, is, um, yes, sorry, a uh, small gold scepter. Um, did Gandalf ever indicate to Boromir that Saruman was a military power? Briefly, briefly, uh, in the council. When he was telling the story from the top of Orthanc, he was able to see the kind of mustering of uh, of of Saruman's orcs and and, and wolves. Right. Um, and remember, he delivered that line about even. No, wait, is that yet? Even reckoned as a captain, Saruman has grown very strong. I think that's later. He doesn't say that at the council, but he does indicate that he saw armies. Right. Um, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so um Yes, armies armies massing is exactly what what Gandalf did. He did he did testify to that. Right. Um Yeah, okay. I I yeah, as soon as I said it aloud, I was like, "No, I think that's two towers." Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um Yeah, so okay. Now Gandalf, it's more natural for, and not only because Gandalf has firsthand experience, having seen Isengard and its strength, um, and certainly enough to be able to know, given their, not only their geographical proximity to the Gap of Rohan, but again, their control of the Gap of Rohan. Um, now, in Boromir's defense, I don't even think that Tolkien had fully worked this out yet. Um, if we look closely at the map here, Isengard is basically at the sources of the Eisen. The Eisen River flows down the valley. Uh, so there's this valley in the mountains with uh, Isengard sort of at the at the you know the heart of it there. And there's this valley with the river Eisen flowing through it. And then it goes through the gap of Rohan, the, the gap in the mountains. And that's where, as we see, it cuts west towards the ocean. Now, um, eventually towards the ocean. Well, towards the ocean, getting there eventually. Um, of course, the what Tolkien worked out himself in very great detail, uh, eventually, is that the gap of... So the gap of Rohan is a, a very important defense point in the defense of Rohan, especially because the people of Dunland are hostile, right? So the Gap of Rohan is a natural choke point, which if you, especially with your cavalry, right, in Rohan, can defend that um, and prevent hostile armies crossing from the west into Rohan through the Gap of Rohan, right? So that the, the, the defense of that position is crucially important, and it's what the people of Westfold, it's, it's their job. Right to hold the gap of Rohan, it's one of their, one of their, uh, one of the points of them. Right is to hold the gap of Rohan. What Tolkien um, goes on to sort of develop as he develops the story 
is that although the Gap of Rohan is a highly defensible position, because that the river going through it is you have to cross the river to get it through the Gap of Rohan from Dunland. So you've got not only this sort of choke point um, where you can deploy both cavalry and infantry, but there's a river they have to cross, a ford, right? Um, but so it just, again, makes it easy to cross or ma makes it easy to defend, hard to cross, easy to defend. Um, but what Tolkien goes on to show in his uh, sort of tactical review of the battles of the Fords of Isen uh, later on against Saruman is that the, the Gap of Rohan is impossible to defend against Isengard. From Dunland, yes. From Isengard, no. If the hostile army is coming from Isengard, you cannot possibly defend the Gap of Rohan. Because they can come from Isengard, they can come down either side of the river. So if you line up at the river and try to defend it, they can just come around behind you and trap you against the river, right? Um, and they can do that whichever side of the river you're on, right? Or if you're on the little island where Theodred dies, uh, in the middle, they can just surround you there and slaughter you. Um, it is not possible to defend it against Isengard. Um, and Gandalf... Um, uh, points out um, uh, uh, Tolkien draws the very clear con conclusion um, that it was a, a significant strategic error uh, on the part of the Rohirrim to even attempt to defend the Gap of Rohan once it was clear that Saruman was against them and mustering armies against them. That the, 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 the two battles uh, at the Fords of Eisen, um, were both of them lost causes uh, from the very beginning. Um, but in Boromir's defense, even Tolkien hadn't worked all this out yet. Um, of course, if you've read Unfinished Tales, you'll remember that the, the, uh, the detailed discussion, um, it's sort of breakdown of how the battles of the Fords of Eisen went down, right? Um, and if you read that stuff that Tolkien wrote about the, the, the Battle of the Fords of Isen, it's very interesting how he, um, uh, it's very interesting and very moving, you know, how he lays out the tactical situation here. But I, um, feel, um, pretty, it seems pretty clear to me, um, that he wrote that piece because he himself was working it through. He wanted to himself, like, work out the tactical situation and see what must have happened at the battles of the Fords of Eisen, in other words. Um, yeah, Rona, it is, it is wide. Uh, Justin guesses maybe 20 miles or something like that. That seems, that seems possible. Um, I do believe the Gap of Rohan is wide enough that it's not like it's such a narrow choke point um, it's not like Thermopylae or something. Like, it's not so narrow a choke point that you could, like, you know, put a regiment of infantry across it and, you know, guard it against the entire Persian army, for instance. Like, I don't think you could defend it uh, with 300 men. Um, uh, but, um, but again, if you happen to have a very large cavalry, it's easier to defend uh, a gap of that kind. Um, but, um, anyway, uh, so, 
point of the story here, again, it seems plain. Boromir does not understand the full tactical situation, especially in Western Rohan. Especially, like, it's most critical at the Gap of Rohan. It is at the Gap of Rohan where the defenses of the Rohirrim are going to fail most spectacularly because of the tactically advantageous position of Isengard. Um, so, I mean, it's one of the reasons why it was built there. Um, but, um, um, anyway, um, so, but again, in Boromir's defense, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have grasped the full situation there, but neither did the Rohirrim themselves even when they knew there were armies of orcs that they were facing. They didn't process what it would mean because they had no experience. They'd always... De like, defending the fort is what you do, right? If you're, if you're a, you know, a man of the Westfold, defending the Gap of Rohan is your job. That's what you do. And so that's what they tried to do. And they failed and died there. And Boromir knows it's their job. And he trusts them to do their job. And I think it's possible that he does not have, um, what, a high opinion of Gandalf's scouting ability? Whatever, like, he does not seem to be a lot. Yes, he heard Gandalf's um, testimony, but he doesn't seem to have um, completely... No, not believed it again, but um, I think he's taking it with a kind of grain of salt. I think you could argue, instead of him having a high view of like both wizards, like we've got a wizard on our side too, so it's fine, that he has a kind of a low opinion of both wizards, right? Um, I don't think he's counting on Gandalf to be any help, but I don't think he's counting on Saruman to be that big of a threat either. Um... Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, yes, Pelican, that's exactly right. Pelicano, uh, uh, Boromir has a very high opinion of the Rohirrim. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yes, defend from the Dunlendings. That's primarily what you're defending the Gap of Rohan from. Um, there is a, uh, a large group of hostile, historically, traditionally hostile peoples right on the other side of the Gap of Rohan in Dunland. And so, yeah, and there have been incursions in the past, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Stavigans, I agree, it doesn't do to leave a wizard out of your plans if you live near one or are indeed going to go through a mountain pass pretty close by one. Um, but, um, yeah, JJ says, uh, you know, what does he know of Saruman besides the fact that he came to Minas Tirith to look at old books a few times? I, I don't have any, have much reason to believe he thinks much of them at all. Um, I, again, I don't know that he gives either Gandalf or Saruman a great deal of respect. And not to put too fine a point on it, I wonder if Boromir's respect for Gandalf has increased much on the journey so far. I'm not convinced it has. And I can't wholly blame him. Right? I mean, remember what we were seeing before um, with Gandalf's leadership in the past, right? Um, uh, yeah, he's not done much that's impressive in almost any way, Bjarnasoner. 
um, at least not to someone with Boromir's framework, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, exactly, not to a man of war. He's, um, and yeah, I, I don't think, to to put it mildly, I doubt Boromir is thinking, golly, if Gandalf makes it to Minas Tirith with us, I, you know, I would put him in charge of the whole defense of the city. That would go really well, right? I, I, I don't think that's Boromir's, you know, I, Boromir's just kind of hoping they also, I mean, what we've seen Boromir do is like, I'm not going to cause trouble. I'm not going to stir the pot here, but I'm going to like try gently to get this company through this journey and try to, and this, this is what I think we, I see him doing here, right? There's an almost um, uh, patient tone in this explanation, right? Well, there, there are two other options, aren't there, right? Um, you know, nor do I see the need to go there. If we cannot cross the mountains, let us journey southwards, right? That, that's, that's what we call reason, right? That, um, uh, the, you, you gave a very incomplete um, list of our options before Gandalf, right? It's not go through Moria or go back to Rivendell. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, yes, I don't see much reason to believe that Boromir ever was a big Gandalf or Saruman fan. And I don't see much reason to believe that his estimation of Gandalf has grown tremendously. Um, and do you see, looking at the map, do you see, there's another bias that I think is at play in Boromir's suggestions here. When you look at his roots, right? When you look at both of the roots that he has suggested, where do they lead to? And I'm not trying to accuse Boromir of being duplicitous here. Though I am sort of accusing Boromir. Exactly, they both go straight to Minas Tirith. Absolutely. Both of them. If you go through the Gap of Rohan, where are they going? Minas Tirith? Mordor? Hey, same road. Doesn't matter. Right? Minas Tirith on the way to Mordor, if you go to Mordor, right? Or we could go around to the south, in which case, well, we'll hit the Anduin and take the Anduin up to Minas Tirith, right? And then go to Mordor. So, I mean, there's... Um, both of his suggestions are clearly and explicitly roads to Minas Tirith, roads to Gondor. Um, this is... N I don't even think this amounts to... Boromir making a move to argue that the company should totally be heading for Minas Tirith. I don't even think that's what's going on with Boromir. I think that to Boromir, that's just like a no-brainer. I mean, it just, it just... The idea of, like, so why would you not do that? Like, why would you not go to Mordor? If you're going to go to Mordor, why would you not go to Mordor by way of Minas Tirith? Like, why would you do... I mean, if you look at the path that the ring is eventually going to take, right? 
uh, across the mountains, through Lorien, down the Great River, right, through the bottom parts of the Emmon Wheel, right down, to, like, approaching it from the northwest, right, to the Daggerlad, to the Battle Plain, and then down, of course, ultimately, uh, through Minas Morgul. But, like, that's, that's a bad route in almost every way, right? Like, that... That that would that doesn't make a lick of sense to Boromir. Why would you why would you want to go that way at all? In other words, we've talked about how patient Boromir was in his non-objections to the you know like the to the uh, the vastly amateurish mountaineering that was being done along the way. Like and we we looked at his um, his his patience with that, right? Um, but we haven't even addressed the issue. That he's got to have been thinking long before he makes this suggestion. Um, what? Why? Why are we crossing the mountains? Okay, can somebody explain why we're crossing the mountains? Right. This route coming down towards Mordor from the north, which we seem bent on doing. I mean, remember we were um, we were discussing from the beginning when we were talking about the scouting and we were spending time looking at the maps here. We were talking about how the question was always, how are you going to cross the mountains, right? Pass A, the high pass. Pass B, right, down by the Gladden River. Pass C, um, at Carathras, right? Or, worst case scenario, Gap of Rohan, right? Um, and, like, that was always sort of the default question from, from, from the Rivendell perspective. But to Boromir, it's not the default question at all. At all. Um, yeah, why are we... <laughs> Almeria says, why are we doing this the worst way possible? Asking for a friend. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Bjarne Sonner, that's exactly it. Like, it's... It is not only that, like, given what their destination is, and his destination, remember, is explicitly Minas Tirith. But again, why shouldn't... like? Why is it not stupid to go towards Mordor by any other way? Like again, it just doesn't even make any sense. Especially when they've been going through hostile or potential potentially hostile territory. Um and again, Boromir's like, okay, all right, time out. Um yes, we could travel through the unknown wildlands, you know, like on the east side of the Anduin River or something. Uh, come down through the brown lands to Daggerlad and approach Mordor from the north, right? Yeah, sure, that's theoretically possible. And nobody really lives up there, and it would be private, right? Uh, we could probably do the stealth thing uh, if we continued in that route, sure. But why? Wouldn't it obviously be better? If we're worried about being seen, if we're worried about being followed, if we're worried about being attacked... Why not go through lands that are friendly, right? Why not go by way of the lands of all of our all of our allies, either through across you know the length of Rohan, who are our trusty allies, and they're 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 it'll be we'll be safe as long as we're there, or through Gondor, right? Um, and uh, yeah, it's I mean, again, that seems like a no. Yeah, a little longer, sure. I mean the, the the Gondor route longer and no, no question. But again, uh, I, I, is that is that going to take longer, really, than um, 
like the 110 days Boromir already spent going north? Like, I, he's like, you know, the, the upside is we know where we're going this time, right? So no problems. Anyway, there are lots of reasons to see why this would sound, why bo both of these would sound like just no-brainers to him, right? Um, and yes, commandeering horses in Gondor would be no problem for Boromir. Exactly. Or you could pick up horses in Rohan. JJ suggested at almost exactly the same time. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And as Bjorning says, we don't even know if we can get through Moria. Like th this might not even be a real option. So we've got the really bad option at best, possibly no option at all. Or, I, I mean, yeah, like seriously, people. Um, like, have none of these people, like, ever done problem solving before? <laughs> right? I mean, poor Boromir. Um, exactly. You want to take the road through civilization, right? When we have a nice obstacle course through mountain, cave, and elf forest. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that, that sounds more appealing. Um, and yes, uh, good. As Eric points out, um, Aragorn's destination is Minas Tirith also. Um, so th th there could be something of an olive branch he's offering to 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 Aragorn there as well. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so anyway, this is. Um, I agree, Maureen. Boromir's plan looks good on paper. It really does. It really does. Um, even with the extra time. You know, it, he doesn't know of any deadline here. Exactly. Right now he wants to presumably wants to get back to Gondor sooner rather than later. Um, but, um, but again, these are, these are not only options that should obviously be on the table. They are obviously best options. Let's go back now before we get back to Gandalf's longer response. Look at where he begins again. It is a name of ill omen is what he says about Moria. It is a name of ill omen. I think Boromir's being polite here. And remember, this is what he says immediately in response to Aragorn's dark saying, right? The road may lead to Moria, but how can we hope it will lead through Moria? It is a name of ill omen, said Boromir. What I'm hearing there is, you're right, Aragorn, what he said, right? It is a name of ill omen. He doesn't know anything about Moria. He's not claiming anything, any knowledge about Moria. Um, to say it's a name of ill omen is um, uh, vague, right? I mean, he's he, he's claiming no knowledge. Um, all he's saying is, yeah, there's um, there are general bad associations with this place, right? Um, yeah, he would probably know it means black pit, and, uh, uh, and yeah, that um, this this doesn't sound great. This doesn't sound great. Like I I, I bet they get a re it has really bad Yelp reviews, right? Like I yeah, no way. Like it's a name of ill omen. Um, it's possible even that Boromir has never heard of it before. Like let me, let me say this another way: if Boromir had never in his life heard of the mines of Moria, he still might say something like that. Like another way to paraphrase. Um, uh, it's a name of name of ill omen might be that doesn't sound great, <laughs> right? Like uh, the black pit, eh? That's your suggestion. Well, um, 
alternatively, we could go by way of our through again through unlike roads, civilized roads through the lands of my people. Anybody think that sounds more fun than the Black Pit, right? Um, uh, yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Uh, that's um. So I get Boromir is 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 he's he's I, I, it's it's a it's a quite neutral sort of um, statement. The name of ill omen thing, um, and honestly, I think he's almost trying to diffuse what Aragorn just said. I think once again he's being politic. I think this is this is Boromir the diplomat uh, coming in again. Um, Aragorn's dark words. Um, if one per what what would happen if somebody else chirped up and went the same direction, went one step further down the conversational path that Aragorn just took, which I said before is not constructive. The road may lead to Moria, but how may why you know, but why should we hope that it would lead through Moria? If one person pipes up and says. Yeah, Gandalf, <laughs> right? Like it's, um, you know, I, I, it's, we're this close already, right? We're very close to an open dispute between the two leaders of the party, it would sound. So what does Boromir do? Change the topic, right? Let's pour oil on the waters here, right? It is a name of ill omen, he says to Aragorn. Like he doesn't, con like he he would not be making it better if he came in and was like, now, now, Aragorn, let's not go there, right? No need to be so gloomy, Aragorn, right? Um, you know, let's not squabble, everybody, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do that, right? He's, he's, he agrees with Aragorn. It is a name of ill omen. Yeah, you're, that, that does sound bad, right? Now, let's consider a completely different option. Nor do I see the need to go there. Let's change the, can we change the topic? I'd like to change the topic, right? Um... Let's uh, let's set aside the question of the black pit for a moment, and let's consider two literally civilized options. Right? Exactly, Bjorning. It is a name of ill omen. Nor do I see. Sounds to me exactly like a segue. Very diplomatic, I think. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Gandalf, of course, is going to re relentlessly oppose his... But I really do think that we can see Boromir once again being diplomatic. And I think even, again, the, the, when considering the way in which, to, for both of these roads, Minas Tirith is the obvious end of the journey. Um, I don't think he's being... He's trying to undermine them. You know, I don't think he's trying... This is just, like, again, him... Very indirectly. Notice he's not suggested, like, okay, does, um, if Bormir wanted to be a jerk, he could say something like, yeah, Aragorn's right. Um, this sounds like a horrible idea. Can we take a vote? Does anybody else think that, uh, the leadership on this journey so far has been questionable at best? Right? Does anybody else think this is a great idea? Right? How about, wait, suggestion. Just a suggestion. What if we uh, just change the formula here entirely, right? Um, 
we are being we've been led by bizarre and disadvantageous and almost disastrous routes that if they had been successful are going to lead us into the middle of nowhere right um i don't know about everybody else but i got a better suggestion right let's vote right it's time for a coup but he doesn't he doesn't do that right um he doesn't do any of those things instead he just he's like okay so let's um i'm going to make two suggestions and my suggestions I'm not even going to state the fact that they're based on a new given, right? He is suggesting two other ways to get, a, you know, to get around the mountains, right? And also, tacitly, without making a big deal of it, he is also suggesting um, that maybe they need to um, re-examine their larger travel goals. Right. Um, I think it's. um, Yeah. So I agree, Justin, that there is a certain amount of uh, not fully considering new data. And that's so I I do think that Gandalf is um, Gandalf could and it would not be wholly unlike him uh, to fire back a snide answer at Boromir. Right. He doesn't. Things have changed since you came north, Boromir, is a relatively polite way for Gandalf to respond to this. It sounds almost as if Gandalf is sort of like appreciating the diplomacy that Gandalf is showing, or sorry, that Boromir is showing, and he's almost reciprocating it right here, right? Ah, so, yes, your um, suggestions are very reasonable, Boromir, uh, but um, you seem to be overlooking recent developments, right? Um, The ring... uh, you know, did I? Did you not hear what I told you of Saruman? Um, but the ring must not come near Isengard if that can by any means be prevented. There, I think, we are seeing clearly what he is addressing, I believe, um, is... Um, yeah, what, um, what I think he is addressing is... Boromir's underestimating of Saruman not just as a military power but as a threat to the ring. He's not thinking of that at all. Just as he hasn't been thinking of secrecy. This is not this is not the kind of thinking that Boromir is used to doing. The ring must not come near Isengard if that can by any means be prevented. The gap of Rohan is closed to us while we go with the bearer. Parentheses, that's why I didn't put that on the table, dummy. Right? Like, of course we can't go that way. It is a no-brainer that we can't go to the Gap of Rohan. Um, and why doesn't Boromir think that? Why does Boromir... Because he's stupid? No, because he is not... He doesn't get it. He doesn't get Saruman. He doesn't get either his military power, nor does he get... Um, uh, nor does he get uh, the threat that Saruman can put. I, 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 he doesn't get the ring. We know we have reason to believe, remembering ahead, that Boromir is not going to really get the ring. He's not going to understand it. Um. Yeah, yeah. He underestimates the threat and allure of the ring. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Bjarnason is asking, is it then that Boromir is thinking in 100% sort of secular or naturalistic terms? It's sort of, I don't know that I'd put it that way, but, but, but something, something like that, right? Um, I, something like that. I mean, I, again, I just think, I don't think he understands I have reason to believe... I mean, we've looked at this. I think that Boromir is sort of temporizing anyway. Um, I think that Boromir... Sorry, what I'm hesitating over is whether I think it's fairer to say that he heard fully appreciated and rejected the arguments of primarily Gandalf and Elrond at the Council of Elrond. Like, did he hear it? Did he get it? But just disagree, but hold his peace. You know, he's not, he didn't make a fuss at the Council. Um, He was quite quiet through the latter parts of the Council, right? During the decision-making part, he was um, uh, he was quiet. Um, was he just reserving judgment? So did he get it and reject it, or did he not fully get it? Um, yeah, and I do... Again, I'm, I, it's not that I think that Boromir is dumb. Um, and uh, I would not... Um, I don't think... Again, I'm, I'm not even trying to argue that he's stupid. Um, and yes... Contra Tom's, I agree. Not that any of them really get the ring other than Frodo. They're all learning as they go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so is Frodo. Yeah, exactly. Tom, as you say. Um, totally. Totally. None of them really fully get the ring. Um, but it seems to me that he gets it a little bit less than anybody else. Um, yes. And Matt, I agree. One thing that is not made clear at the council is that the ring is not a weapon like a sword. If Boromir sees it as inert, it cannot be a threat while they sneak past Isengard. That This is one of the things I think he doesn't understand. Um, his own words, his own suggestions that they use the ring against Sauron suggests that he sees the ring as some kind of weapon, basically. In some sense, maybe not in a kind of a crude sense. Like, I'm not trying to suggest that Boromir thinks that if you put on the ring, you can, like, you know, shoot fireballs or something, you know, whatever. Like, you know, like that it's like a, you know, a weapon that you equip and then, you know, fire or something. Um, I'm not suggesting that his thinking is as crude as that. Um, But everybody was talking about it giving power of command. Right. And we will see more clearly. um, We will see more clearly later on what Boromir's thinking about the ring is. Right. Um, That will eventually be made clear. But um, I but I I don't think there is much reason at all to believe that he has not fundamentally changed his concept of the ring. 
He said, it's a weapon, basically. We should use it against Sauron. And they said, no, 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 really, really bad idea. And he was like, all right. <laughs> he conceded that. Um, but again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he get he he buys it. I don't. Th I think that. Um, I think there's a big part of Boromir that is thinking. Look, we should go through Minas Tirith. That's, first of all, it's the obvious and safest way to get there, right? And if we go through Minas Tirith, we can ask Dad. Let's see what Dad has to say about this, right? Um, you know, it should Denethor. Not only his father, not only his liege lord, but the person whose wisdom in lore he really does trust. He has heard, and his father has heard, of the reputation of Elrond, right? But especially if Boromir's opinion of Gandalf is relatively low, uh, then... Um, he would have very little reason to think, okay, so uh, that elf council, whatever that was, in the north, came to this, to me, honestly questionable conclusion, right? Um, I'm going to get a second opinion. I'm getting a second opinion. I'm kind of thinking, I would really, I, I really want to hear what dad has to say about this. And it should Denethor have a contrary opinion to what those half-elves and wizards said, um, what's Boromir's reaction going to be? Right? Which he would, Gildalowin, absolutely. Um, I, 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 so, I, again, it's not that I think that Boromir's planning treachery or anything like I just I don't think he would consider this treachery in any way. You know, I just think he was like, well, you know, we should, it is only, before we go, we have to go through Minas Tirith anyway. I mean, come on. There's no other way to get to Mordor, honestly. Um, and clearly, we should seek Denethor's uh, wisdom. Um, and it's kind of my duty to consult the Lord of the City, right, before I do anything so rash as, like, you know, pat them on the head you know, pat the ring bear on the head and send toddling off to Mordor, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's uh, all, these things seem to me implicit to underlie Boromir's thinking, um, and Gandalf's response. Like that, Gandalf is kind of picking up on this. Like, it, what is what do we in, just in that first initial response from Gandalf? What do we what do we see that Gandalf sees in Boromir's uh, observation, in Boromir's suggestions? And I think that this is what he himself is seeing. Like you, you don't, you still don't get it. The fact that you don't, you're not on totally on board with the secrecy, is uh, the first tip that you don't get it. Um, but the second tip, <laughs> right, is that. Um, uh, you're ignoring the Saruman problem. Um, there's more that we can say about his second paragraph. There, we'll start with that next time. Um, but we are, um, uh, we are, we are getting late. I know. Apologies. All right, I'm gonna let y'all go. Um, uh, it is always so much fun uh, to think through Boromir's comments. Um, 
hasn't it been true? Like every time Boromir talks, his first, like it at first it sounds really simple. Like it's really easy to come to quick and just sort of quick, quick, quick and dirty interpretations, right, of Boromir and what he's thinking. But the more you think it through, the um, the more sense Boromir. Boromir's worldview is a it's a tidy place. Like it makes it makes sense. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, see you guys next week. So we'll finish this up and then we'll head on to uh, uh, continue the further discussions next time. Um, so thanks to everybody who is joining us for our text discussion. It's field trip time. Good evening, Valoria. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing good. And yeah, and so. I like uh, I, I have my own thoughts on Boromir. And I think yeah, I, I'm definitely along the same lines. Just because he doesn't understand the innate magic of the, you know ancient, you know ancient ring yeah. forging from the days of Celebrimbor doesn't mean he's stupid. It's just no, no, not a, this I mean, is so out, outside his worldview, right? I mean, it's so far outside yeah. his experience. It's kind of like uh, when when you guys uh, you know get really into the nitty gritty on like you know dissecting the poems and you start talking about like sibilance and stuff like that and I'm sitting there thinking oh, I don't know what they're talking about oh <laughs> dang he's gonna talk to me in a minute I'm gonna have to pretend I know what this is I'm just gonna <laughs> not it's like right. I, I don't think he's staring off into space and there's little monkeys playing symbols in his head but I think he's he might like the reason he might not have talked much at the end of it is he's not a lore master and he's sitting there in a dull panic going. What do I say? If I say something, it's going to sound stupid. I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and again, I wonder, I, I've never even really thought this through as much as we were doing, I was doing at the end there. I wonder to what extent, when it becomes clear that they're going to send the ring to Mordor, um, I wonder to what extent from the, like from that moment, Boromir's kind of put mentally pushing himself back from the table and saying like, okay, you know what? We're done here, right? We're yeah, done I'm here. Out. I'm out. <laughs> you guys gonna are going to send the ring to Mordor, which like, look again, you know, as you said, like, I, I, like, I don't, I don't get it. The arguments they're making literally make no sense, right? I mean, like they're saying, let's go the way that seems least advantageous, right? Um, yeah. Let's, Let's uh, let's deliberately choose weakness instead of strength. Uh, yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant tactics right there. Like that's what are um, they talking about? Yeah, what? like it's like I mean, you got like to some extent, you can easily imagine him and maybe others kind of looking out the corner of their eyes at other people, saying like, "Am I the only one in the room to whom this makes no sense?" Right? Like it's um, why it's so stupid. It has to work. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Frumius, exactly. This, you know, it's no wonder you guys have problems in the north. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so is, is, is this how y'all carry on up here? Right. Yeah. It's no wonder yeah, things have collapsed yeah. here, you know, a millennium ago. Um, Elven kings of Numenor. So glad we de we still have that up here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is. Alive. Yeah. It's, and anyway, but again, like, so not only is he sort of like, this isn't making sense, but I'm not going to rock the boat. There's, he has good reason not to rock the boat, right? Because he doesn't have to. Like, the, yeah. if the ring is going to go to Mordor, it's going to go right through Minas Tirith. So, like, okay, phew. Like, he doesn't have to worry. Because, yeah. like, there's, he's going to get a chance to appeal to his father, right? Like, it, the, like I, I didn't have to go out of my way to seek a second opinion. Like, we're, 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 we're going, we're going to take the highway to the second opinion, right? Yeah. Um, so... 
And thank goodness for that, right? Because this uh, conclusion was not a great idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just, I think it's, um, <laughs> Ambrosius uh, compares it to a first time companion listening to the doctor explain a plan. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, that, that yeah, that yeah. Wibbly wobbly, magicky wadgicky, like I always say. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the, the, the Yes, to say that uh, to say that Aragorn's or sorry to say that Elrond's plan is wibbly wobbly is sort of the best um, uh, sort of the best thing. Anyway, no, we're so let's um, let's 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 go. Let's, uh, let's ride. Let's Skurlock Farm. Off to Skurlock Farm. Yeah, but um, like not only does he get it, they're also just kind of like, well, strapping rockets to our head doesn't work. Let's try to launch ourselves via catapults, and he's just sitting there going, "Could we drive?" Is that an option? <laughs> right. And Rick Randolph is just looking at him like, if I could drive, would I strap a rocket to my head, son? <laughs> right. But like to to um, to Boromir, it's exactly as crazy as that, right? Like it's yeah. Um, like it, it, it's not even obvious that they've considered. <laughs> you know, like to, like there's a perfectly good road, people. Right? Like, why are we not taking the perfectly good road? Yeah, um, we talked about the road. Yeah, but I wasn't listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so here we are now. It's lovely coming back to the farm, and now seeing from here, um, I, you know, looking out towards Amonfirner where we finished last time, the weird obelisk with the uh, the magic boulders the spiritual boulders piled up beneath it. Um, <laughs> and you can see it clear from here. Um, and by the way, my favorite part of this like particular view is, you know, we look around and we can see like up on this hill to the Northeast, the tower that is attached to the, um, the burial ground, right? Um, you know, the, the, the mausoleum on top of the hill. And then we turn and off to the east, we can see the ancient burial ground where like some sacrifices of old seem to have been made. Uh, and then we, you know, we can't see the other ruins from here. But anyway, that you know, we look back and we know like the uh, we look to the west and that's where that big city was that we just rode from to get here. Um, <laughs> and then it's just kind of charming and like and up on the hill is a big windmill. Right, like it's, it's pretty like, windmill. Which of these things is not like the other? But um, I like that windmill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like anyway, being in Ireland. Like literally, you like I, I stayed at a bed and breakfast. You just roll out of bed and oh look, there's an ancient decrepit church and there's a standing stone. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah we're lousy with them out here. Okay, let's go. Let's, let's. So what I'm wanting to do here is I just want to I'm going to get up on this neighboring hill. Now that we've been to the all of the major ruins around the farm. Yeah, this is a good lookout point. Okay. Um, so from here we can see clearly there's the mausoleum up on mm -hmm. the hill. Uh, there's that older tower in the, the sort of in, in the trees there, right? Just like uh, due north of here uh, is that, that sort of secondary tower that's closest by. There's Amonfir in the old burial ground. Mm -hmm. um, there to the south, that's Darbat, isn't it? We're seeing the distance. No, it's not. That's Nimbarth. Okay. All right, cool. That's something else. Yeah. All right. So that's something else we're going to go see. Um, cool. uh, so one of the things that's interesting to me here, we've seen, I'm trying now, now that we've been kind of all around um, uh, 
now we've been all around this valley, right? The the farm is in the middle of the valley, and we've been to the ruins um, almost all the way around. We need to go down towards Nimbarth, but um, I'm trying to sort of imagine what this valley, what this region was looking like in, you know, the early Third Age, right? Or, or the middle of the Third Age, you know, at the time of the Civil Wars and that kind of thing. And there's not... What, what we did not find in this region was obvious evidence of, like, a city. Yeah. There are some, like, hunting lodge type things. There are some towers and a few little enclaves that look like maybe some people live there. Um, but no significant population center. And yet huge, uh, like, death structures... <laughs> of various periods and kinds, right? Yeah, you've got not the like the ming- sort of open air marketplace that we. Yeah, saw. yeah, you've got the mingling of other. Um, and yeah, there were se- several other. Yeah, there are several other ruins right to the south. Yeah, I know we're gonna go, we're gonna go look for some of those now. Um, but I just wanted to point out like how the extent to which one trend that we saw earlier on. Um, in Cardolan when we were up in the in the northwest, right? Up in Tirangorthad and uh, Dol Ernil at the beginning of our explorations was that the um, the Cardol engines uh, basically seemed to have set up their cities and homes wherever they found ancient burial grounds. Like, oh, is there a creepy ancient burial ground here? Let's build our city right there and live amongst the dead, right? That was... We live here? Of, oh, nope, nope. There's no dead people. <laughs> right, right. That that seemed to be like creepy, um, creepy choice number one, right? Mm. Um, uh, here in... Um, you know, in, in up over here in the northeast, you know, up, up here in the South Downs, it's like we're not going to live here at all, except we're going to build a lab. I mean, if this kind of mausoleum, like the one up on the hill here, were in a like near the city, right? If you know, if we had like that big city, whose name I always forget, Karanost. Um, if near the, the the great city of Karanost in the center, which was clearly the population, the old major population center of this whole region. Um, you know, if health nearly there were built like, uh, you know, on the outskirts of that, like, uh, you know, a, a polite ride away from the city, uh, you know, the great mausoleum where the, you know, the, the, the great ones of the, um, of the, of the city buried their dead, that would be one thing. This is quite a distance away from that. Right. Yeah. So like, we're going to go way off into the where nobody lives. Again, there are scattered ruins. I'm not saying it's completely deserted, um, but where there's no city and we're going to build this enormous mausoleum out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, it just it's again suggests a strange, not the same kind of shady, questionable kind of kind of cultural priority as the let's build all of our cities and houses right amidst the burial grounds. Um, uh, stone. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's still uh, weird. So, okay, let's um, let's head back towards Amonirth and um, Amonfirn. Sorry, Amonfirn, and um, uh, look around uh, off sort of to the south of this, so we can see mm-hmm. we're sort of approaching it from the other angle. Um, interesting how from here. So. Uh, 
remember we can see the when we came across so we approached it from the other side last time and when we came there remember there were like those terraces we, we can see from here those terraces that we were seeing on the um you know not just the round uh platforms leading up to the um you know the obelisk at the top from here it looks more like a um well not a city but more like a, a building right than just isolated sacrifice spots or whatever um yeah but it still is very open uh you know it still does not look like certainly does not look like a city um but it looks a little bit more uh, what planned is that what i want to say maybe it's a um, necropolis yeah yeah um and uh, and we haven't even talked about how weird it is that we have these two like um rival necropolises in this area right like necropoli necropoli ne necropolis <laughs> necropolis uh, i'm not sure uh, um oh. yeah but anyway i mean it's just it's a little it's it's it seems just it's a little weird seems a little weird to me um that we have not only just one but two major like apparently death oriented sites around here okay so this is a little river let's go um let's not go down let's go across and see if we can head south over on the other side there um i want to go over like sort of towards the edge of the troll shaws and see if we can go down from there no crap Necropolitis. <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm gonna take a Greek scholar over my opinion any day, but uh, the Sedgemead. I love that. Okay, Sedgemead. There we are. So, uh, oh, that's Nimbarth. That's, okay, so we've we've turned yeah. uh, the mountain turned me south again. Okay, so we do I don't have. Think that's meant to be leaning like that. What the one on the left? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something, there's something wrong there. Um, yeah, okay, so hang on. So where, so that is the river. So there's the gray flood. Sorry, it's, yeah, there, there's there's the gray flood over there. All right, let's see. Can we? I'm going down. All right, gently. Okay, very good. That's fine. All right. Um, let's let's head over towards. And here I've turned south again. It's like uh, I'm trying to navigate the old forest, uh, and I keep getting turned kind of towards the withy window. Um, yeah, for all Tolkien's he claimed to love nature, he sure did make a lot of haunted forests, didn't he? Yeah, true. true. Or again, a lot of um, trees that fought back. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, forests were very much more alive, uh, you know, as the hobbits say of Fangorn. Um, forests where yeah people aren't necessarily comfortable or welcome okay so we're now i'm now turned like completely away from the troll shots that's okay so i what i would like to do if it's possible to do so i want to i want to cross over to the troll shots to see where we are okay i want to kind of get it get a look at the edge of the map over there before we head to um what's its face nimbarth especially since there are more ruins over here Alrighty. I want to see where these ruins are. Cause, yeah, oh, excellent, Lupita. As to uh, Poromir's listening skills, the first thing he did was sound his horn. So how much attention was he really paying? 
Well, fortunately, he didn't like sound his horn like during the council or anything. Um, uh, probably because they took it away from him. Everstead. Okay. Everstead. What a fascinating name for an abandoned ruin. Um, yeah, a bit ironic in retrospect. Yeah, exactly. Um, huh. It's like naming it the Titanic or something. <laughs> right. This um, will never... Interesting. There's a lot of it, though. This is probably more than we get. Yeah, this place is huge. This place is huge. Oh, here's your city. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Oh, and there's Amon. Amon. I always keep getting Amon Fiona. There's Amon Fiona right up on the hill. So, in the shadow of uh, Necropolis B, um, we get this place. What can we? Yeah, we all know how uh, we all know how wholesome shadows of uh, obelisks are. Right. Yeah. Oh, check this out. Look at this. Uh, is this like a a little? Like, it looked almost like a sort of like recessed, like a stadium or theater pit or something. Or a reflection here. pool or a bathhouse. Yeah. Well, we got we got now it is right, but presumably this was not always. Maybe. Could have been natural spring. Could be. So this might have been an indoor swimming pool, is what you're suggesting. Mm, I said bathhouse, and I stand by that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, swimming okay. pool. It just okay. fits the rotunda style and the arches and everything else. Possibly. Possibly. Um, okay. Hmm. Now I'm trying to get to like a vantage point where I can kind of see the ruins. The whole ruin. Yeah. And get a sort of a sense of it. Um, Back in the South Downs. Okay, uh, so we've got this big honking tower. Yeah. And we've got that like rotunda area. Big open courtyards or halls. Huh. Yeah, I, I see inner courtyards, outer courtyards, colonnades, stairs. This was huge. Yeah. I, I think this was one big old building. Yeah, but it's like a building that would have housed thousands and thousands of people, especially quite, like living on the grounds or something. Yeah. I, I imagine there's probably, if one of the outer walls, there's probably a bailey where people would set up houses. Mm -hmm. Possibly. Yeah, maybe this is our population center. And especially like looking sort of tactically. Now, again, Nimbarth is looking pretty large also. Yeah. Um, This is a strange location. Nimbarth makes sense. Nimbarth is down on the peninsula, right? Yeah. And we know that the Guathlo, the Grey Flood, um, there was a great deal of traffic. Um, you know, it's a highly navigable river, right? Yeah. Um, up at least two and presumably a little bit past Tharbad there. So Nimbarth would have been on like water trading routes and such. Yeah. Um, was it as much of a delta then as it is now or is that... Was it called Grey Flood after some event? No, I, no, I think it was called the Grey Flood there uh, already. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so it's not Nimbarth makes again like you could you could you could engage in in shipborne trade between Nimbarth and like Pelargir, right? Oh yeah. Uh, easily. So. Yeah. 
Again, Nimbarth makes sense as a location. This is pretty much the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is a, a weird little wet valley in the shadow of Necropolis B. Um, yeah. Not oh, far from the river, but not close to the river. Um, I guess it depends on, uh, uh, like, maybe this is an advantageous spot in the river because a certain type of fish is available here or because a certain type of resource is available here maybe. or the ground's particularly fertile and rich. Maybe. There's got to be a reason they set it up here. Oh, sure. Maybe it was just pretty and they liked it. Though, again, they seem to be big into building in valleys often. I yeah, mean, I this, guess. Like, it's, um, and it's a little weird that, like... Maybe the river was just the right depth for a certain kind of ship. Right, like, where? let's go down here where our basement will definitely flood all the time. Um, well, that's Virginia. <laughs> right. Um, so, sorry, what I, was, I was coming over here to try to figure out what this part... So, the we've got the big tower and the rotunda and the other big tower. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole area. We've got the one wall here with the surviving arch and another... Yeah. Uh, yeah, house. Like and then there's this bailey. up here. Uh, yeah, probably a bailey. Part of the outer wall. Yeah, I'm going to say this big part here with the, the field is the bailey, and this is part of the outer wall. So you make an outer wall at the top of a hill, and then you go downhill from the outer wall? What? Oh, wait. We got some knot work on this guy. Look at this. Yeah. This Wow, this is not a wall. This is a monolith. Look, what is this? Yeah, I don't know what this is. Oh, and there's more walls down the hill. On the other side, it keeps going. Is this, is, I can't tell if this is doors. It's too tall. This is a this t- tower. I'm inside it now. This is a tower. This is, this, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It would be attached to the outer walls as part of the lookout post. Maybe, so at least, you know, so they did, if they didn't want to live on the hill and get the views... Maybe the Karanost people, like all the people who really like views, live in Karanost, and everyone who is kind of plus minus on the whole, you know, room with the view thing. Yeah. Said, okay, all right. So there's the. I, I can't find the entrance. Where's the entrance to this tower? Um, uh, on the south side. South side. Okay, I went right past it, didn't I? Yeah, in between the trees is where you can get in. In between a the trees. There's chest in here. I think it's a treasure catch. Oh, oh, that kind of, okay, that kind of inside. Okay, yeah, 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 I was there. I was yeah. looking for, like, stairs or whatever. To oh, yeah, it. no, 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 not stairs up, just so that we can see that this was Yeah, a, those are not archer slits. Ones. Those are past that. Those are bells? windows. I think. Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe they had, like, bells dangling from it or something? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think it's probably windows. But, okay. Um, Are we still on Some the map? Big old window. Map? Um, mm-hmm. This over here, I want to. Sorry, I want to. I want to go. We're running out of time. No, we've been out of time because I started so late. Um, uh, I, I want to. I'm, I'm trying to get to the edge of the map. I want to see where we are on the far side. This is going to be over to the um, the new area in the troll shows, right? Mm-hmm. Still not crossing the map line. Come on now. Do I have to jump in the river to cross? I'm going to say there's some fall trees right across there. I think that's where the troll shots are stuck because that's troll shot trees. 
Right, right. It's it's uh, it's summer over here, but it's uh, already fall over there, so that must be the troll shots. Uh, yeah, no, that's just okay. Uh, go see if this I'm is wrong. The angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, there no, we the, go. The angle is exactly what I was expecting to angle get to. Yep. Okay, there we are finally. It's fall over here. It's nice. Okay, oh, yeah, and we're way down at the part of the map which is like sort of yep. appearing in this film. Okay, so we're way down at the end of the angle right now. Yeah. Watch out for gators. Yeah. Okay. I, the, I, the reason I was wanting to make sh sure I was understanding the like geographic connection. So down, we're not too far, right? If we go a little bit north from here, mm -hmm. um, we would hit the that camp that was down by the water, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where on the you know up the left hand side. Um, we have the, right, this is the, the Horwell, the Mathaithel, um, and the Bruin Inn. So there's the, that's the Horwell over there, and that's the Bruin Inn over there on that side, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're way down at the tip there of the angle. And, um, right, that camp. So, and we, we were looking at how, when we were exploring that up there, that part of the angle, which is north of us, um, we were noticing how that seemed to be kind of docks and, depots for people who are sailing ships up the river uh, from Tharbad and Point South. And that means at the time of Cardolan, therefore, when people would have been living in this Everstead place, um, I love how that part of the river was apparently too deep for my horse, but not too deep for me to walk on. Um, <laughs> I they would have been, yeah, because see, there's there's their tower right there that we were just looking at. Yep. So, in fact, it's not so detached from the river as it sort of looks. It's just sort of sheltered. What it is is private, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's right? like it's a hidden city of It's near enough to the river on both sides, really. You could go over this way to the to the Horwell. Um, you know, those docks, and, and those docks are just across the river. Mm -hmm. Or... You can go the other way. Look, and there, as we can see in the distance, is uh, what you call it, Nimbarth, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can access the river, and yeah, here's this this hill. Here's a good view. Um, right. So there's Everstead down there. This very large complex, kind of snuggled into this little valley. Yeah, very safe. Um, you can access either river. Again, you're not right on the water. Okay, you're mm -hmm. on water just because it there's just water there. Um but you're not on either river. Um but you're not far from either one and you're it's very convenient to the necropolis. Yeah. Right up there. Yeah. So if you want to also to have the seclusion of privacy, uh seclusion and defense of of, of privacy yet still access to trade, not to mention convenient access to bizarre necromantic rituals. Uh, <laughs> this is a good location. Yeah, it's got everything. Yeah, and yes, I agree. Yeah. There would surely be good architect or architecture, good agriculture around here. Yeah, yeah the, for sure. This land seemed quite fertile, and especially down where it's wetter, even. Um, mm -hmm. There could be many farms around here. So this would be... So I'm thinking... It's hard because we don't have enough of it really to judge. 
but I'm going to guess palace here. Like, some major lord is living here who doesn't want to be in Karnost, right? He doesn't want to be in the city. Um, mm -hmm. Doesn't even want to be down on the river. Doesn't even want to be in Nimbarth, right? Like, but, uh, you know, he's in retirement here, right? You know, one, but it's but it's 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 a rich land he would be um uh you know able to feed himself and his many thousands of servants or whatever um and uh yeah and again there's a necropolis when you want one so really all the comforts of home yeah uh if you're from cardolan okay yeah fascinating now again this still it could, well, okay. I was going to say it could explain, what's it called? Uh, how the Nirui, the other big mausoleum on top of the hill. Uh, somebody, if this were to be some kind of large palace complex, um, the holdings of one uh, wealthy but reclusive lord, um, it would, one could easily imagine such a lord saying, you know what I need? I need a huge hunkin' mausoleum with very improbably large and asymmetrical sarcophagi, right? Like, you could easily imagine yeah. such a lord making such a decree. But it's far from here. And frankly, you've got to go, like, past the other necropolis to get there, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah. We have necropolis at home. Yeah, exactly, right? So, um, so yeah, that seems a little bit implausible that the person who lived here would have built uh, how the near are we. Um, but that he might have refurbished this, you know, like, hey, ancient burial ground up at the top. Let's um, let's let's spruce that up a bit. Let's uh, let's build our own little creepy necropolis on top of the hill. And uh, that'll be that'll be nice. But yes, <laughs> stun duck exactly like something like an Illyrian villa for a retired emperor is the kind of thing that I had in mind. Yeah, that's just what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, right. And if you write it, right. So if you write it, what's so let's, yeah, what's okay. The last thing, and then we'll go. Let us, um, sure. let us test. Let's see exactly how convenient it looks convenient. Let's see exactly how convenient yeah, the metropolis is from here. I'm half expected to think there'd be a, like a pathway lined with torches or lanterns. Well, that's what I'm wondering, right? I mean, is there a highway between this place and the so Maybe, if we're like walking up here as part of the ritual? Right. Yeah, we're headed up the hill. Here we go. Um, yep. This valley looks, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to be able to tell what was road back in the old days. But... Okay, let's see. Yeah, will we come up here? Up this, right? We bear oh, left. Oh. We start eating dead people. And, well, there's the stairs. Yep. Oh, okay, so yeah, that, I, I totally believe that that's part of the ritual is yeah. the ascent up the mountain to the necropolis. And clearly, we came in the back door. When we discovered Necropolis B here last time, we mm. came in the back door. This is the front door. Okay, right? So you yeah. come up here. You know, so from, from Everstead, you come up, you come up the sweeping staircase onto the big uh, reception platform, right? So this is where your procession gathers or whatever and then you know um you know there's s large supporting buildings and then from here uh, you can yep. go to oh look that half orcs are fighting yeah. with the ghosts that's interesting ah, um yeah you can ascend up to the creepy obelisk with the with the yep. yeah 
This is the... My burning bowl of cinnabar incense. Here we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so if you're doing a ritual up here near the big obelisk or, you know, you can... Uh, maybe you can rent out these back platforms that we were seeing on the way up for private rituals or whatever, you know. Or goth concerts. Goth concerts, <laughs> exactly. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Alice Cooper! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, like down there, right? Yeah, that's a little, little, little uh, uh, peripheral venues down there. Yeah, that's the way we came up last time. And as I say, this is clearly, this is clearly the back end of things. Okay. Yep. All right. Oh, that all makes sense. Now, again, we can see from here, Necropolis A, right? We can see the 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 big mausoleum on the hill. Um, yeah. And as I say, that's that's as well as you can't get there from here, but. Um, but you would not to get there. You would not only have to go past this. You have to break. You have to go through it, right? Um, yeah. So That's probably a, more of a yearly ritual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't. I doubt the ever. I was I almost said ever source. Um, the um, uh, Everstead people had much to do with uh, the um, uh, Necropolis A over there. But um, yeah, so, well, says, available for weddings Ever and bar mitzvahs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I bet they got a lot of. This, so they probably like you know for expanded business built these uh, built these additions on the back for private yeah. rentals. That, well, they got to hurry up. There's now. a sacrifice the next hour. <laughs> it all makes all makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, thanks, everybody. I'll let folks go. Um, so next time, we'll head straight down to Nimbarth next time. Um, yes. That'll be our... our uh, well, no, not our last stop. We'll head to Nimbarth. After that, we'll sort of explore Sedgemead, see what we see down here. So we're still going to be at Scarlock Farm for at least, like, two more weeks. Um, <laughs> then after we finish Sedgemead, we can uh, we can head down to Tharbad from there. So Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, sorry for ending late here again, and uh, but uh, I'll be so next week. Um, probably next week. Um, probably next week. Uh, that'll be right before Mythmoot. But I think I'll be here. We'll see. There's a ch chance I might have to cancel, depending on how preparations for departure to Mythmoot are going. But um, uh, we'll uh, we'll see. <laughs> but um, anyway, thanks everybody. Hopefully, see you next week. But if not definitely see you the week after so all right thanks everybody good bye, night everyone. now bye